Do you like watching baseball? Do you like a good laugh? Well, we have the perfect podcast for you. Between the Lines, hosted by two college baseball players who do nothing but talk about the ins and outs of Major League Baseball. From the breakdown of the 2020 season to who we think will win the regular season awards, to Trevor Bauer calling out Rob Manfred in every way possible and everything in between. We'll do our best to break down everything in the baseball world today while we're giving you the best listening experience. If you like the podcast, don't be afraid to tell a friend. But if you don't, pretend like you never even heard it. Tune in for free now on the Anchor app. Well, here we go. Here goes nothing. First episode of the Between the Lines podcast with uh, your very own Nick Flesher and uh, Gunnar Gunner Becker. Uh, today we're just going to be talking about baseball in general, um, just kind of how weird the season was. Uh, just all the controversy that with Rob Manfred and the Players Association and kind of what took place the leading up to them finally deciding that they were going to play 60 games, um, being the shortest MLB season in recent history. Um, but here we are, you know, we're postseason just started yesterday. Um, so, yeah, you got any thoughts, Connor? Yeah, kind of crazy that we made it this far, I guess. Uh, Rob Manfred really had nothing in place to start out the year. And the MLBPA kind of contacted him and reaching out to him, saying that the players wanted to play. And Rob Manfred really had nothing to, nothing in place. And whenever he finally did, there was a big, big outbreak about um, the players not getting the full salary. And it's kind of crazy that we made it this far because we never thought that there was even going to be a season, to be honest. Oh, I mean, seriously, I mean, I mean, all that controversy and Trevor Bauer just continually to bash Rob Manfred, which he just continued to do all year, which kind of fires me up a little bit because that guy gets after it. Anyways, moving on with our first topic, uh, let's just start it off with Shane Bieber. I mean, that guy had an absolute dominant year. Ends up winning the Triple Crown for pitching, first time in a long time in MLB. Led the league in wins, ERA, and strikeouts. I mean, that's just pure dominance for a 60-game season. Yeah, it's crazy, and he's super young. How much do you think he learned from Trevor Bauer and some of those older guys in the uh, in the rotation? I mean, you. I mean, seriously. I mean, that guy just got absolutely gifted with the situation for him coming up in the league. Uh, I mean, he he joins the Indian squad that had Trevor Bauer and Mike Clevenger and Carlos Carrasco. I mean, it just seems like the Indians year in year out, even when they made that World Series run and came up short against the Cubs in 2016. Um, that they've ever since then have just always had a solid pitching staff. I mean, Shane Bieber kind of came out of nowhere last year, but he was like, who is this guy? And here we are at the end of 2020, and the guy wins a triple crown. Yeah, and the Indians organization must have had a lot of faith in him because they got rid of Trevor Bauer and Mike Clevenger to leave him the sole ace of the team. I mean, they have some young guys behind him, but they have to have a lot of confidence in him going forward for the next couple of years that he's going to be the dude. No, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, he's going to... They're 100% banking on him to be the ace of the future. Uh, I mean, and, and then, again, I mean, he made a solid statement and proved that front office right by winning a triple crown this year. And like you said, they got younger guys. They got uh, Zach Plezak. They got uh, that card to chick guy. Sorry if I mispronounced his name. It's in the pen, the righty that just comes in and throws absolute steam and then just drops in that nasty 12-6 curveball with a kind of funky, really catapulty over the top uh, – Delivery, just really full hitters, and he was a real problem for the, uh, opposing teams when he came out of the pen. Yeah, um, I think that'll bring us to our next topic of who we think will win the awards this year. I think we can both agree that Shane Bieber will win the Cy Young in the AL. 
So moving on to the AL, I believe that it is going to be Trevor Bauer, the guy that they traded away to the Cincinnati Reds. Um, he's had an outstanding season, having one of the lowest ERAs, if not the lowest ERA, I'm not positive. Um, I don't know if it was lower than Bieber's overall, but in the NL, he's a great, great choice, I believe. No, I mean, he, he definitely decided, I mean, it's just a whole situation where he just needed a, he needed a new place for him. Um, I mean, he had, he had kind of struggled, not necessarily struggled, but it posted kind of uh, higher numbers uh, in Cleveland last couple of years and seemed like he was almost on the decline. Um, but I saw an interview with him the other day and, and he was just talking about how he always has wanted to be the best pitcher on the face of the planet, has always believed that and has really trusted the process and it really paid off this year. I mean, the guy went five and four. Uh, he had a 1.73 ERA. Uh, he started 11 games. He pitched 73 innings and had over 100 strikeouts with a whip of 0.79. Talk about another dominant guy. I mean, that guy absolutely shoved this year. Um, I think both Cy Youngs you can't argue with. I mean, if we just even look at Shane Bieber stats real quick. I mean, he had eight wins. He had a 1.63 ERA. Uh, he had over 122 strikeouts, which led the entire league, both sides. I mean, both these guys just absolutely dominated. And in my opinion, I think that that gives enough uh, for Shane Bieber uh, to win the MVP as well, uh, which will be the first time since I believe that Justin Verlander won it. Or was it the Kershaw won it after, uh, after Verlander? I think it was Kershaw, but I'm not sure. So it's been a minute since uh, the, Cy, uh, the Cy Young winner has also won the MVP, but I think that this year Shane Bieber absolutely makes a case to win in the AL. All right, moving on to the MVPs. In the AL, I picked uh, Jose Abreu. I mean – the man kind of went off. Uh, it kind of helped. He helped the White Sox move into the playoffs for the first time in a couple of years. Uh, he led. He was second in the AL in WAR at a 2.8. He led the majors in RBIs with 60 and hits at 76. Um, he played all 60 games and had 19 home runs while batting 317. That's kind of crazy and. It's also kind of crazy not having the MVP be the man named Mike Trout. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I think uh, part of that case, not uh, Mike Trout not making a case for MVP this year. I mean, it's Mike Trout. He's the best player in the league right now. Everybody can agree on that. I think the thing that uh, kind of hurt him was just the fact that it was a shorter season. And to be honest, the Angels, they tried to do a little bit this year by going and signing Anthony Rendon. But they still, yet again, even with the extended playoffs, miss the playoffs. They have no pitching. It's so hard for them to win whenever you can't pitch. Yeah, I mean, pitching definitely wins you championships. Uh, let's move on to the NL. Um, I have Freddie Freeman um, to win the MVP in the NL. And Gunnar's over here shaking his head. I think he can agree with that one. I mean, Freddie Freeman absolutely raped this year. I mean, the dude played all 60 games. He went 73 for 214. He hit 13 home runs, had 53 RBIs in a 60-game season, which is insane. Drew 45 walks, only struck out 37 times. He hit 341 on the year with a 640 slugging percentage and a 1102 OPS, which is absolutely insane at the end of the regular season. I mean, if you look back at some of the grades, I mean, that is an absolute stat that will go down in history. Yeah, I mean, I he was a big part of why the Braves were so successful this year. Um, he scored 51 runs, so he averaged scoring one run a game basically while hitting 341. He's he's insane. Yeah, he's the real deal. 
Let's move on to rookie of the year. Um, for the AL, I had Kyle Lewis. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of hype beginning of the year with this Luis Robert character who everyone was claiming is going to be the next Mike Trout, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying he's going to be, but those are really big shoes to fill. And I just don't think he did that at all this year. I mean, I here I am looking at his stats right now. I mean, he, he hit 233 this year. He did hit 11 home runs um, and had 31 RBIs. But the 233 and he only hit 11 jacks in the 60-game seasons, I feel like just isn't enough to compare this guy to Mike Trout. And that's why I had Kyle Lewis as the AL Rookie of the Year because this guy was just flat out more consistent all year. Um, he played in 58 of the 60 games. Uh, he hit 364 with an OPS of 801. Uh, he had 11 home runs and 28 RBIs and was a big reason that the Mariners made that late playoff push. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's good. The Mariners overall need to just get better, honestly. It's kind of hard for him having no one else really show him the way. I mean, he's coming into the league kind of kind of learning by himself, to be honest. There's no one really on that team, I think, that can, you know, nurture him to get him better right now so i mean hopefully they bring someone in no i mean the mariners have been in full rebuild mode for 15 plus years now i mean they have continually to struggle and the fact that i think he alone was the main reason that they made that late postseason push and i think it obviously gives them enough to win the rookie of the year in the al um for the nl uh gunner who did you have for the rookie of the year there I have Dustin May. He came up with the Dodgers here. He's their number three behind uh, Kershaw and Bueller. He went three and one this year and uh, had a 2.57 ERA. And he started 10 games and 56 innings pitched. I mean, a 2.57 ERA as a, as a rookie, it's kind of impressive. So hopefully he keeps that up. And that Dodgers team is going to be scary for a long time. No, I mean, they're just a team that just – I mean, at this point, it's just irritating that they are so good every single year. I mean, they'll – they go out and sign Mookie Betts, and they have guys like uh, Dustin May just show up out of nowhere and just absolutely dominate. I mean, that guy throws 100-mile-per-hour demon sinkers that are just cheat codes. I mean, it literally looks like he's throwing a wiffle ball. Um, he's, he's, he makes a solid case for me, too, but I had to go with Jake Cronenworth. Um, he plays for a Padres team, plays middle infield. He – Actually boots Tatis over to second base here and there. Um, but, I mean, he just had a really solid year. And that Padres team is a sleeper in this postseason and I think had a really good year. I mean, he hit 285, only hit four home runs, but he had three triples, uh, 15 doubles, and he had a slugging percentage of 477. And, I mean, he drew 18 walks, only struck out 30 times in 172 at-bats, and that's why I think he deserves the NL Rookie of the Year. And the last award that we have to talk about today is the Manager of the Year Award. And I think that we can both agree on the NL as Don Mattingly because the Miami Marlins successfully rebuilt. Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy with them uh, right away when Derek Jeter and his corporation took over and they made all those trades. They got rid of Maria Muto and Stanton and Yelich and Ozuna. And, I mean, they, were, they went from a stack team to having absolutely nobody. And now Don Mattingly steps in this year and just finds a way to get into the playoffs. Didn't have the best record, but it, it was good enough to get him in the play, postseason. That's all that matters. I think that's why we both can agree that he wins it in the NL. And for the AL, Gunnar, who did you have? I have Charlie Montoya with the Blue Jays. I mean, they all for the past couple of years, they've talked about this young talent that they have. And they're stuck in the AL East, which just stinks because for years they've been stuck behind – 
the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Rays. So, so it's it's hard to win in that league. And even the Orioles weren't bad this year. Like they they started off like 500 about 40 games in, which is kind of surprising. But they they stuck with their young guys and they don't have the best pitching by any means, but they found a way to make the playoffs. And that's kind of surprising beating out the Red Sox. And I mean, they were the last team in, but they made it with the Rays and the Yankees in there. Yeah. I mean, that gets, whatever gets you in, but I'm going to have to go with Kevin Cash, uh, another AL East manager for Tampa Bay Rays. Um, and like you said, the Blue Jays kind of been stuck behind the Rays. But it's, it seems like in recent history, the AL East has always been a two-team race every year at the beginning of the year. It's either the Red Sox or the Yankees. And obviously the Red Sox, them trading Mookie Betts really hurt them this year as they missed the postseason and actually finished under 500 and probably one of the top five worst records in the league this year to end the year. Um, so I'll have to go with Kevin Cash. I mean, they won the AL East. They knocked off that powerhouse Yankees who did suffer with a lot of injuries, but the Rays are exciting, man. They got a lot of stuff in the bullpen. They got a lot of young arms and Tyler Glass now and Blake Snell are really starting to show their promise. They just had a lot of guys step up and just found a way to get the job done. So let's move on. Just briefly talk about this MLB playoff setup real quick. Um, so as we mentioned earlier, that there was a lot of controversy with Rob Manfred and the MLBPA and trying to figure out how they were going to do things. Well, there was not as much controversy with the way they're going to set up the playoffs. There's still a little bit. There was a lot to figure out. Um, obviously, the goal for the MLB – uh, the way they set things up was to kind of mimic a bubble uh, yeah. similar to the NBA that they did, which obviously has been successful. There hasn't been any positive cases in the NBA, and they've made it play the rest of the season, and they're about to play for the finals between the Lakers and the Heat. So for the MLB, they decided the wild card series that all games will be hosted by the higher seed, and it'll be a best of three. So for the Cubs-Marlins series, uh, the Cubs are the higher seed being the three in the National League and the Miami being the six. Uh, every game will be played at Wrigley, um, but they'll alternate home and away. So the Cubs had it in game one, and the Marlins will have it in game two, but they'll still be at Wrigley. And then game three, the Cubs will have it again. And then the NLDS actually moves. All games will be at Globe Life Field, which is home of Texas Rangers, and Minute Maid Park, which is home of the Houston Cheating Astros. And those will be a best of five series both. And then the ALDS will actually be at two National League ballparks, in Petco Park in San Diego, or should I say Slam Diego, and Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. And those are also that is also a best of five. And the NLCS will, will just strictly be played at the Globe Life Field because it's just between two teams. Um, it'll be similar setup to the way it's been with home and away. It's a best of seven. And the ALCS will be played at Petco Park, best of seven as well. And the World Series, both teams will go and meet and play at Globe Life Field. Brand new, beautiful ballpark. Uh, just a really great setup to end this kind of weird year the MLB and looking forward to postseason baseball getting started. Speaking of that, we actually kind of – we made some picks, uh, but we had made these picks before the season had started. So we'll go over our picks first, and then we'll tell you kind of the, some of the events that have aspired since then. So, Gunnar, go ahead with your picks. All right. Well, for the first game with the Rays and the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Rays are very good. I mean, that's why – Flesher picked, uh, picked the manager of the year with them. Um, they're very young, and they have a good mix of pitching and sneaky good bats. Uh, the Blue Jays have a great young core, but I just don't think it's enough to dethrone the Rays, so I'm, I'm taking the Rays in this one. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. 
And then we'll move on to the Indians-Yankees series. Uh, I picked the Yankees. I mean, there's no arguing in it. I'm one of the biggest Yankee haters there is. Oh, I agree. But, uh, I mean, they're loaded. I mean, they got Aaron Judge and Cross Stanton, and they just got Garrett Cole. I mean, they just spend money, and it pays off every single year, and they're always in the postseason. They barely made it as a five seed, but they're in. That's all that matters. And I think we both can agree that it was that they are loaded. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against the Yankees right now. They're just too hot, and they have dominant pitching, and they're great bats. I mean – the only thing that will have them lose is they have very streaky bats. I mean, once once a couple people stop hitting, I, it seems like the whole team stops hitting. So, I mean, we'll see, but I think the Yankees win this one. And we'll move on to the two versus the six in Minnesota and Houston. Uh, we both actually picked the Twins. Yeah. And Gunnar has interesting stats about the Twins. And if we would have listened to this, we probably shouldn't have made this pick. Yeah. So we both went in this and kind of picked Minnesota to win this. I mean, they have they have good bats, a good bullpen. They don't have great starting pitching, but they have enough with with uh, what they had that they should have won. But going into this series, they lost 16 straight playoff games, and now they have lost the next two to eliminate them, and they have now lost 18 straight playoff games. So we shouldn't have made that pick. Yeah, borderline is don't bet on the Twins in the postseason. We both made that mistake, and they actually got swept today as the Astros won game one and game two, and they are eliminated, and I am beyond pissed that the Houston Astros are moving on. Moving on to the last game in the American League, we got the A's and the White Sox. Gunnar, who you got one in this one? I got the White Sox. It seems like they got hot at the right time, and baseball is just a game of momentum. They brought in the uh, the rookie this year that that's coming out of the pen. I forget his name. Oh, uh, Garrett Crochet. That guy comes in the lefty and just throws a hundred and a hundred plus hundred to hundred and two, and has a wipeout slider. I mean, they are they have some scary young talent that just came out of nowhere. Yeah, with uh, and then with the bats, I mean, they have Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson that are just crushing the ball. Eloy Jimenez, I mean, all around they got some they got some great players. I think it'll be a good series, but I'm taking the White Sox in this one. I disagree with you there. I think the A's will pull this one off. Um, they the game one was actually played last night, and the White Sox won game one, and game two was played today, and the A's won. So go to a decisive game three. And I think that the A's pull it off just because I think simply the A's are just an underdog in this postseason because they just give me money ball flashbacks and just they don't have any really big names, big name guys, but they just seem to always get the job done. And that's why I picked the A's. So we'll move on over to the National League. I mean, I don't even think we have to discuss this one, to be honest. (laughs) We got the Dodgers versus the Brewers. The Brewers aren't even 500. I mean, they came in with a losing record. I don't. I just don't see any possible way that they dethrone the Dodgers here. No, I have to agree with you there. I mean, it's. I think it's a unanimous decision that the Dodgers win that first series. And then next series, we got San Diego and St. Louis. Um, Gunner, who you got in that one? I got the Padres winning. The Padres are sneaky good, but they don't have Clevenger for this, so it kind of scares me a little bit. Um. They just have a bunch of people that seem to get along really well. Um, And the Cardinals, their hitting isn't great. It seems like uh, Paul Goldschmidt's carrying that team. So I'm picking the Padres. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I just think the Cardinals, it's it's the Paul Goldschmidt show, like you said earlier, and that's about it. 
And I just think San Diego is extremely hot, and they're one of the most exciting teams in baseball to watch right now. Moving on, we got my Chicago Cubbies as the three-seed National League Central champions against the Miami Sneaky Marlins. Gunner, who you got? Um, I have the Cubs winning this one. I think they just have the experience coming in. Miami's very young. They have they are very good, so that does scare me. If Miami comes in with the attitude of they just don't care that they're the underdog, then I feel like the Cubs may struggle a little bit. But with with Rizzo and all the experience coming in with Chicago, I'm I'm taking Chicago in this one. Yeah, I mean I have to agree with you. I mean the bulk of that 2016 World Series team is still together with Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and Javier Baez, and Jason Hayward, and Kyle Schwarber, and John Lester. I mean it's pretty much the same team minus a couple of guys. And David Ross came in and did a good job this year. Um, although the Mar the Cubs are scaring me a little bit because they dropped game one today to the Marlins by a final score of five to one. So the Cubs are going to win two back to back games. I really hope they do for my own sanity. <laughs> so we got the last game in the National League wild card series with the Cincinnati Reds and the Atlanta Braves. And I think this is probably the best series in round one. Yeah, I agree. Um, a lot of people are taking the Reds. And uh, uh, me and Flesher were talking earlier, and I think Flesher is also taking the Rev Reds. But I'm going against it. I'm taking the Braves. Um, Braves really have zero arms, to be honest, other than Max, Max Freed. But they do have the hottest bats right now, so I think if they can, I think I think they can sneak it out. To be honest, yeah, I mean this was definitely uh, probably my hardest pick I had to make. There's a lot of thinking that went into this one. Um, I think that the Braves, like you said, are extremely talented on the offensive side of things, but they kind of just struggle on the pitching side. I mean they have Ian Anderson, but he's kind of inconsistent. Young guy, he's got a lot of young guys, and unfortunately they lost their ace and Mike Soroka to a torn Achilles at the beginning of the year. But I'm, I have to go to the Reds simply because the Reds pitching staff was dominant. They have the Cy Young winner in the National League in Trevor Bauer, and they have Sonny Gray, and they have just been absolutely carrying them, and I just don't think that the Braves can steal two games from both of those guys. But as I say that, this game went into 13 innings today, first game of the series, and it was a pitching duel of all pitching duels. This game went into 13 innings, and the Braves won – after a walk-off single from Freddie Freeman, scored the winning run, and the Braves are up one nothing. So again, I'm in a horrible spot with my pick, and I need the Reds to pull off two more. So let's move on to our World Series picks. Uh, there's just with these picks and some of these picks that we have, they've already been eliminated, so we can't really move on to the next series. But we can do the World Series picks because both of our all both of our picks are still alive. So gonna go with it. All right for the AL, I am taking the underdog in the White Sox. I think they can make it. I mean, like I said, they're hot at the right time. And with baseball being such a game of momentum, I think that they can make it and really make a statement this year. I mean, they're going to have trouble. They're going to have to go by either the Rays or the Yankees or the Astros. I mean, it's going to be tough. But I think first year in the playoffs in so long, I think they have a chance. And then for the NL. I am going to take the San Diego Padres. Um, their pitching's been decent, but they have—they're so good. They have such a great atmosphere. I mean, they're also kind of hot at the right time. I mean, as long as as long as they can get past the Cardinals, I believe they should breeze into it. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't really disagree with you there about the Padres. I mean, obviously, I picked the White Sox to lose in the first round, so I can absolutely disagree with you there. <laughs> so I think with that pick, that is a bold strategy, Cotton, and we will see if it pays off. Um, for my picks for the National League, I just picked the Dodgers again. Um, unfortunately, this hurt my soul. I had to not take my Cubs just because I think that the Reds are unbelievably hot and have better pitching. Uh, the Cubs pitching is just it's just getting older, and they're getting into the later part of their careers, and I just don't think that the Cubs can win that five in the second round so but I picked the Dodgers just because obviously they're the best team in the National League and there's every reason for it I mean they are absolutely loaded um and I just don't see anybody in the National League giving them fits besides maybe San Diego just because they know they know each other so well but I just I still I gotta go with the Dodgers and then for the American League I picked the Rays and my Rays pick is similar to Gunner's Padres pick because I just think that the, the Rays are just good. Like, they're just flat out good. They get it done on both sides of the ball. I mean, Tyler Glass now shoved all year. Blake Schnell was dominant. Nick Anderson was good out of the pen. They got Diego Castillo out of the pen. I mean, they're just loaded, and they just always get the job done. And I and I just think not only are they going to make it to the World Series, I think they're going to beat the Dodgers in the World Series, and the Dodgers are going to choke for, what, the third or fourth straight year in a row. And I think they're going to win it in six. Oh, that's big. I, I think if the White Sox Padres make it, I think it makes it to a game seven. And I uh, I picked the Padres. I mean, hopefully I would pray to see a game seven in the World Series because that would, obviously that's what every baseball fan wants to see because it's the last two, the two best teams in the in the MLB, quote unquote. And if it went to a game seven, that would be exciting. and would definitely go down, down in the history books. But that is it for episode one. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll see you in the next one.